All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Klepa, and I'm here with Justin from Morning Chalk Up. Now, now, some of you guys may have never heard of Morning Chalk Up. I've heard of it a long time ago. Justin and I met, I don't know, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, uh, regionals. Regionals. And... But some of you, it might have came to your attention who they are and who he is with his most recent interview with Greg Glassman about maybe two months ago, a month ago? Uh, yeah, six weeks, five, yeah, four to six weeks ago, something like that. It's- and that interview kind of without, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of broke the news about regionals being shifted, no longer having regionals, which I imagine was was a good uh, kind of boost for your business. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty big day as far as traffic is concerned. We had like 280,000 page views that day. And what do you normally get? Uh, a normal day is like 25,000. So it was big. <laughs> so it was 10 times. Yeah. And uh, so guys, what we're going to talk about today is obviously Morning Chalk Up is what is it? Um, how do you get it started? For those of you who are gym owners out there, uh, you know, sit down, listen, see if this is something that, you know, you might be able to integrate if you wanted to start, for example, a newsletter that's on a reoccurring basis, or maybe you wanted to start a different business. What has Justin learned over the last couple of years? For those of you who aren't gym owners, who use your coaches, or those of you just out there doing your thing, let's talk to Justin about how he started a business, how he's grown it, how he's now generating revenue through advertising, and that struggle and that hustle going from zero subscribers, in, oh, except for like maybe like your <laughs> My friends. Your couple friends, uh, <laughs> to, to now where it's at today, right? Yep. And uh, we're going to just go ahead and rock and roll in like a 20-minute AM rap, talk cool. some business, have some fun, starting three, two, one, let's go. So we met a couple years ago at regionals, and you were starting Morning Chalk Up. Now, yep. what... When did you actually get the idea for Morning Chalk Up? And what is Morning Chalk Up? And when did you get the idea for it? Morning Chalk Up is Monday through Friday, all things uh, CrossFit community newsletter. So if you're plugged into the community, either an affiliate or your own gym, we're going to take all of the stories and all the happenings, the news, events, and we condense it down into about a five to seven minute read, Monday through Friday. And basically, we, we tell people, you're going to walk away knowing everything you need to know about CrossFit today. And we're going to keep doing that to you every- for you every day, Monday through Friday. That's it. And with why, why did you choose CrossFit? Why did you choose kind of like the niche of CrossFit yeah. instead of going outside of it? Well, I mean, honestly, I've been CrossFitting for about seven years and, and it's close to my heart. Something I was, you know, very passionate about when I started. It's still very passionate about. It. I loved it from a fitness aspect, also from a sporting aspect. And I, I believe that this kind of thing could be successful. There was all these communities all around the globe that were talking about things and talking about things. And then there was CrossFit HQ who was talking about a lot of things too. I wanted to bring those together into a place that somebody could just wake up real quick, digest it, and then go about their day. So the idea is to get through this, you know, email or this, this newsletter in how long does it take the typical reader? Five to seven minutes. Five to seven minutes. That's the idea. Yeah. That was your original plan. Yep. That's exactly right. If there's links, if you want to dive in deeper to certain stories, you can certainly spend more time out there. But if you're just going to read it top to bottom, it's five to seven minutes max. Quick. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you guys who haven't checked it out, where's a good place for them to check it out before we even get started in this whole this discussion? Yep. Morningchalkup.com. There's a fancy little box up there at the top asking you to subscribe. Go ahead and do that. Wait for tomorrow morning. Grab a cup of coffee. Get ready to start rocking. Beautiful. So when, how many years ago did you actually start to to this, uh, so February, end of February of 2019 will be three. So we're, we're like two and two years, nine months or something like that. And now you have, um, you know, let's just call it what, maybe 50,000 readers? 55,000 readers, yeah. And so you have 55,000 readers and have you seen it kind of like 
dramatically has it been like a smooth transition or did you start seeing like these big because like yeah. in the first year how many listeners did you have in the first year oh man i think we went to the games 2016 games was like 1800 1800 you know to like let's call it a 2000 right yep. like maybe by the end of the games we had a bump and it was about 2000 then we went uh to 20,000 the next games so in one year, we basically added 18,000 or regroup. I, you know. and, and so is it one of those things where like as a gym owner, once you get, let's just say 100 members, then you have like this critical mass. Is that kind of what's happening where you get more people to tell more people? Yeah, there's a lot of organic growth, but there's also a lot of smart growth. So what I tell people who are getting into anything is that you need to figure out what it's going to take to push you into the hockey stick growth period. And the hockey stick is organic growth. That's actually bringing you upwards and upwards trajectory. What you're doing to get up to that point, you might actually have to pay to do it. And I paid to do that. You know, I wrote the I wrote checks for the company and basically um, I gave it the opportunity to advertise. And so that allowed for steady growth to grab new individuals because you have to do that. If you don't do that, you could be waiting five or ten years before organic growth is even at that stage. You know, it's a startup mentality. So, you you know, you can't work for free for the next 10 years. So, you have to be very conscious about, okay, what's the onboarding time? Like, at what point do you do that? So, about that, you and I were talking a minute ago, and you were saying that you uh, had hired someone to help write some of the content Absolutely. for you. So, have freed up some of your time. Absolutely. So, now, you have you have had another job. Yes. And been doing this yes. 40, 50 hours a week. Yes. And you've been doing that now for years. Yeah. And so what does that look like? Why, why have you decided to not kind of go all in, for lack of a better term, and just work full time on it only? Well, um, I think because I have the time and dedication and passion to be able to maintain another job, you know, at the same time, I'm able to still generate enough revenue where I'm not not able to and make the investments in the other company. Because... You give time investment, you also give financial investment. So if I wasn't, uh, you know, I would have to pay myself essentially from this company. But right now, I can, I have the luxury of having another job that's cutting me a check. And so what I can do is I can take that other money and I can hire somebody or I can double down on growth, knowing that it's going to pay off in the long term. And so that's that's how I've arrived at that decision. It's not always easy to make that work in an, in an eight-hour day because uh, it's not an eight-hour day. Yeah, it's yeah, never an eight-hour day. Yeah, it's a 12, 13-hour yeah. day. Um, but... Uh, but if you're smart about that and you're willing to make that upfront sacrifice, then, then you can work towards meaningfully work towards a goal. And so now you said that you've you've you're obviously getting sponsorship agreements, yep. right? For for your because you've now gotten this kind of you know growth, yep. and you've hired this person. You said in the next twelve months, your your targeted goal is to no longer work outside the business and yeah. be you know only on morning chocolate yep, full time. And so it's taking you then about four years to get to that point. Yep. Okay, and then. Looking back on the last couple of years, is there anything you would have done differently to exponentially grow? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think we've made a lot of good decisions. Um, but I think if I, if I went back, I would probably say that we needed to make the transition towards community CrossFit sooner. This is actually an idea that you gave me in the parking lot of a, a, a Stanford, Stanford, no, the parking lot, like Stanford mobile. Oh, dude, clinic, I was at a blood drive, blood drive. Oh, and yeah. we're like at a grocery store parking lot up here. And it was in Las Gatas or yeah, it was in yeah, Santa yeah. Clara or something. And you like hopped over and we're like hanging out and you're about to give blood. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. We're talking about morning chocolate. And like, you know what you need to do is you just got to, you got to wrap your head around the entire community of CrossFit and stuff. And I would have made that transition quicker because we were, 100% games focused, 
all the name athletes, all the big guys and girls, you know, just, just, we were, we were hyper-focused on that and insider kind of things. And your average gym goer, you know, maybe piques their interest from time to time, but it doesn't engage them daily. So I made, I took that to heart. I spent some time thinking about it and it was probably the best piece of advice that actually allowed us to move into trajectory of growth. Well, I mean, obviously I didn't know that. Otherwise, I mean, I would have pitched it differently. Um, yeah. Cause I remember specifically, you know, it's so funny. We were at a, they had a mobile, so I, I donate blood regularly. Right. Yep. Um, and we had a mobile drive and I, I met you on the parking lot. We were just chatting. Yeah. We're just chatting and talking about And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, this guy seems, you know, pretty cool, cool dude. Yeah, um, right. But he's always going to have his, his market's always going to be small. relatively small. If and he's seasonal. Sees, and seasonal. And I started thinking to myself, you know, as a gym owner, what am I focused on? And I think when you start focusing on the competitors more times than not, um, there's this allure to it, right? There's like yeah. this sexiness to competitors, yeah. I think draws people to it, right? Yeah, it does. But in reality, they're not really paying your bills because they only represent a very a small, small fraction. Less than a percent. Less than a percent. And so yep. I actually was just talking to a gym owner right before you showed up here. At, at our, we're at our Campbell location, by the way. And he was saying that one of the biggest mistakes he ever made in his business was he started focusing too much on the competitor and it just isolated his group. So 100%. you would have focused on the 99% earlier. Exactly. I, I would have focused on the 99% from day one. Yeah. You know, honestly, and, and, and that would have been a huge shift. I didn't know that. I was, I, what drew me into CrossFit, A, was the community that was at my gym. I was in Washington, D.C. at the time and I loved it and I was having a great time. But what really kind of, you know, I, I loved competitive sports. And so I saw the games as like this, you know, the ultimate test of fitness, which it is, but that, that was where my head was at. But I wasn't in tune with where the rest of the CrossFit community was. It wasn't that uh, it wasn't entertaining. It was that I was out of tune with the 99% of CrossFitters. You know, who, they, they may be interested in the games, loosely speaking, but they're not going to read about that every day. Yeah. It's just not, that's just not, you know, who they are. Yeah. You can only read about what Matt Frazier is doing every day for so long. For so long. Like, you know, okay, well, what well, else is going the on? The PRs have to get ridiculous at that point. Like, so you're almost like a self-fulfilling prophecies that you're just going to start chasing more and more ridiculous content and news. And you're like, no, that's not really quality stuff or that's just not really what people want to see. And then you're going to, you'll figure that out eventually, or you'll just go out of business. So that pivot, it was, if you're looking, thinking about like from a growth perspective, that pivot, all of a sudden we started including stuff that not just NC fits with a big name or an Invictus CrossFit or a CrossFit New England, big name stuff. We were talking about people that were in the middle of Ohio. We were talking yep. about people in Pensacola, and Florida. And now you're capturing their, their readership. Right? All of a sudden, big yep. arms, you know, uh, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but my arms are really, really wide. And it's like, I'm grabbing a wide net of people. And all of a sudden they're like, well, we're in the morning chalk up today. And I get these messages all the time. We see it on Instagram. We're tagged. People tag us. and like, did you see that? Like we were featured in the morning chalk up today. And it might even just be a line. It might just be a small little mention. It might be a PR that you're highlighting from somebody who got their first muscle up. And it's like, you know, Nikki, you got her first muscle up from in Poughkeepsie, you know, and you're like, whoa. And they see that and they're like, I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. out of this world. Like, it's like when you're a kid and you're growing up and you know, you got mentioned briefly in like the local yeah, newspaper for your like high that. school. Cause yeah. you, you the leading score at the yeah, high school yeah, basketball yeah, game. Whatever. You're, like, you're like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. It you doesn't know? change. And I think what you're, you're drawing a really interesting point is that these tra tra traditional gyms, they have a member base. Let's just say have 200 members, whatever yeah. it is. 
all of a sudden now those people are becoming more engaged. And they're sharing it with their friends yep, yep, and yep, they yep, want yep. people to see that they were in there and the gym wants other people to see that their members see that they're yeah, in there too. It's a deeper level of connection that you're trying to hundred percent that you're trying to foster. Now now your mag your um your newsletter you you now started um, producing uh, revenue from it mm-hmm. by selling sponsorship opportunities. Yep, yep. Now, what have you learned from that? And you know, for anybody who's looking to get into that type of space, was it easy to find uh, sponsors? Willing partners is never an easy thing to convince and stand in front of somebody that your obscure newsletter publication is the right drive way them to reach yeah. the audience that you're looking for. So actually what I did, and this is maybe one of the smart, one of the smartest things on the revenue side that I, that I think I've done, which was I made a commitment not to go after any money for a year. I was like, we've got to focus on growth, quality content, execution, and do that daily and build the trust of individuals. But we try and get in front of the Jason Kalipas of the world or other people who are making decisions about where money is being spent with their companies. Make sure they see us and then convince them for 365 days that there's value there. And if they see that, then the pitch, once the audience is there, the pitch is easy. It's like, I don't, you know, if you've been reading and there's a lot of people in companies all across CrossFit that have been reading for like two plus years. And it's like, if I go to them now and I'm like, Hey, we have an opportunity to do something. This is what our audience looks like. I don't even need to pitch them on it. Cause yeah, they're like, already familiar with what you're they're doing. They're already like, yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing what they're doing. I'm seeing what they're doing. Even if the brands weren't in there, they're like, well, if they're the guys that broke the news about, you know, CrossFit's new changes in the season. Then they're probably in the know and they probably have a lot of influence and, and they have probably have a lot of key readers. And it's like, yes, we do. Let's tell you more so you know what the ROI is going to look like. And so that pitch is way easier. So the first year, no asks. People actually asked to advertise and I said no. Right. And I was like, no, we don't know how this is going to look yet. This isn't the focus of ours. We don't even have a bank account. <laughs> you know, like, right. I, like, I don't know how to cash checks yet. I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on execution, quality, and, and continuing to, to deliver on this every day. So in 365 days, you're like, Dude, they've been crushing it, you know. They and then and then when the guy who shows up on day three hundred sixty four, it's his first time seeing us. He's like, "Man, look at that!" And then it gets even better every day after that. And yeah, that yeah. was our focus. So yeah, constant improvement. And so you know, you basically bootstrap this business from the start, right? Started on my parents' couch. Of, on your parents' couch, what you love. And now <laughs> you know, now it has the opportunity to generate some income, right? Yeah. And open hopefully the next year or two, it starts going bigger and bigger Absolutely. and bigger. Now, as, as the business has grown, how many people now are on your team to help you? We're a total of four people. Four people yep. that help identify content. Uh, no, the, just two of us. Two of us are content generators. So I'm I'm also a content generator. Um, and then Jessica is a managing editor. So I'm editor-in-chief. We have two other guys that handle tech and development and design. So those are key and core components of the business side of this. So there's content, which everybody sees, and that's, and that's free, and that's stuff that we do on a daily basis. But... On the other side, we have like we built an ad platform so that advertisers can actually see the ROI on their mm. on their on their advertising. So it tracks metrics in real time, shows you how many people have viewed your ads, um, how many clicks have gone those yep. exactly. And we're building even more tools to be able to do that. So we are probably the most comprehensive database of uh, 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 on CrossFitters, you know, from informational standpoints. So we we have like you know we have more than ten thousand registered affiliates that read us. So that's two thirds of all gyms in the, on the planet. Um, are coming to the morning chalk up on a daily basis. And we know, you know, who's reading from what gym and, you know, all that kind of information, like this stuff that they're self-selecting and they're sharing with us. And so, so that we can deliver better content to them, we can be more focused and attuned to who our readers are. But 
because of that, there's a lot of things in the back end that, that you're not seeing on a daily basis. And that's what's allowed us to actually do, get better ROI. And that's huh. going to allow us to do that even more in the future. So on that note, you have 10,000 you know, gyms, you have 50,000 readers, you have this, 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 this. Where, where are... Um where do you see the CrossFit space kind of trending towards? You know, I mean, I have my own opinions because I've yeah. talked to probably close to a thousand. And gym you're owners. a gym owner, and you yeah. yourself, and you're certainly a leader in where 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 that trajectory is yeah, going. I, mean, to. I just was talking to a gentleman about it, and we have you know, uh, but I mean, I, I I chose to get on the phone with about 400 gym owners in the last six months. Wow! And just kind of listen here and and share information, obviously, but then yeah. also listen because I want to make sure that when we're making decisions for our business, we're actually doing it based off the greater audience and right. not off. So, I mean, with these different, with the different people you engage with, you know, you just got back from a CF, uh, CrossFit, CrossFit, uh, MDL one, uh, MDL one, which is, which is great. What, uh, where's it trending towards? I mean, I, I think we have an idea, but what's that going to do for the season of CrossFit you think? Yeah. I mean, I think I see CrossFit membership shifting to, I don't, I don't know what the word is to use, but it's like, it's like when all the, all the really fit kids joined CrossFit a couple of years ago, the ones who were really interested in the high intensity stuff. And they're yep. like, you're just like, yes, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Maybe it's not competitive, but they're really intense, you know, intensity driven. And now I see a big shift with members going to the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, or the sedentary lifestyle, lifestyle individuals, the ones who really have no interest in a three three minute fran time like right. maybe can't even complete that rx in in their lifetime that may not even be a re reality for majority of those individuals but now gyms i think that are going to be successful in the next five to ten years for the growth of crossfit they're going to start focusing on those individuals who are like yeah that that person's not the dude this or chick that's going to wear booty shorts and rip their shirt off yeah, and it's yeah. going to look you know uh you know really stunning physically it's it's like actually focusing on the health we're getting people off the couch we're getting them in gyms we're getting them moving and there's a different side to that i see that that's a huge push that greg has yeah but i think he's in tune with what he sees in a lot of gyms where it's like well i, mean, I think more... what's happened i mean i've seen this myself i mean most affiliates get to about 120 members they attract a demographic that's really interested in that like yeah. aggressive Type a, yeah, yeah i get it but then for them to grow not to only- To 250 or 300. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a whole different ballgame. A whole different ballgame. And so for us, that's why we offer, you know, we have a 30-minute class, a 45-minute class, and a 60-minute class. And we try and really, you know, become as inclusive as possible. And I, I, I am curious where the games are going to go with that because, you know, now that regionals are gone and now that there's these sanctioned events, I am curious if long-term, if they're going to change the name of the CrossFit Games- to something else. I mean, my, yeah. my recommendation would be fittest on earth because that's ultimately what they're trying to crown. But I'm curious yeah. if by doing that, it'll shift some of these preconception, you know, preconceived yeah. notions, about, notions yeah. about CrossFit, which frankly, you know, anybody could do it. I mean, and we yeah. all know it. It's just still, there's that, that misconception. I, I am yeah. curious where it's going to go in the next few years. Absolutely. I think it's definitely a wait and see. There's certain gyms, uh, that have no interest in the games whatsoever. And I think more and more of them are opening every day that have no interest in the yeah. games uh, as at all. I think they, they know it's there. It's great. They may, maybe the coaches tune in, but they're not really, none of their members have really uh, uh, have an interest in, in either observing it or, or, or following it. And I think you're going to have more and more of that as it goes. And you're probably with that, you're going to have more competitive gyms that are maybe perhaps a little bit more niche Yeah, yeah. Uh, that are, you know, like I'm sure you have a gym that's, 
most of your fittest athletes show up to. I mean, even Invictus has the same thing. Yeah, you they, start they, finding one the, more people surround, and, and I think it's important yeah. that they surround themselves with people who are like-minded. like-minded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that want to. If I want to push myself, I'm going to work out with guys like you. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to. That's there's a psychological element to that. There's also a skill development to that where you're you're cleaning and cycling, you know, cleans at a certain weight, and I, you're helping me achieve that. That something maybe I need other help with, and I would want to be with athletes that are like that. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Now, before you got into um, Morning Chaka, you were working in politics? 100%. Yep. That was, I was dyed in the wool. Uh, I worked in Washington, D.C. for seven years. Uh, got my first job in the United States Congress. Uh, I was a press aide, you know, for lack of a better term, basically worked on the opposite side of what I do. So now, I, now I'm a, technically a reporter or a journalist yeah. uh, to some extent on top of being a business owner. But then I was actually pitching media or, or controlling the flow of media from um, from, uh, you know, that side of the fence. And so my last job was working for the governor of Wisconsin. He was running for president. Uh, I worked in Madison, Wisconsin for like 10 months, yep. nine months, and he dropped out of the race. My job was over. Uh, I took a vacation for two months working on a farm in Italy. And I was like, I came back and I was like, you know, I, I think I'm done. I'm ready. To, I want to do my own thing. So you were pitching people on yeah coverage, coverage. You're yeah. trying to get them to cover your guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. And the, but the majority of my focus was actually on digital. So I was doing digital communications, running all the social media channels, um, you know, drafting you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram messages, blog posting, online fundraising, and how that was going. And so how did that background kind of prepare you? Oh, to, I mean, I imagine it, it set you up. But, you <laughs> perfect, know, a lot of times, setup. I think it's really important that we talk about this idea of like earned confidence, this idea that, you know, you, just because I like to work out doesn't mean I should start a gym. Yeah. <laughs> just because I like to write doesn't mean I should start a morning. But You're I mean, right. with all this background for seven, eight years you were yeah. doing, you learned kind of both sides of the business, which Absolutely. I think is super unique. It's a crash course in basically how to how to work really fast, really hard, and with a dedicated purpose and um, acquire a lot of skills along the way. So, you know, it's definitely the startup mentality of uh, – Hey, if you can figure out how to do it, congratulations, you're the new guy, you know, sort of, sort of idea. So it was amassing a lot of skills over a short period of time and learning how to execute under high pressure. Yeah. Cause these guys are trying to win. You're trying to Congress win. And, and guess what? You're playing with live fire. Like if you muck it up on a tweet, like you could be going home tomorrow. Yeah, like yeah. if you really, if you really post something stupid or say something stupid, or you're not conducting yourself professionally, like, and you get yourself into trouble and become the headline story. See you later, buddy. Like that's high pressure environment where like, I'm actually the one like pressing tweet. On, on messages yeah, yeah. that literally hundreds of thousands of people are going to read. like So that's a high-pressure environment. Yeah, so, of course. You want to make sure it's good content. Good I mean, content and accurate. Like, yeah. You peddle it. You know, this is like inaccurate or something. You, you, you can't go lose your job. So, you know, that well, prepares you really well. That prepared you well. Oh, absolutely. So, so we're, we're pretty much at a 20-minute AMRAP. I want to finish with one last question. Yeah. You lived on a farm for two months in Italy. What was that like? <laughs> well, I basically fed pigs and chickens every day, uh, waking up at dawn. And uh, it was it was remote. And there was like, there wasn't even like a town to go into. I was like literally just stuck on the Where farm. in Italy? It was in northeast, northeast of Rome by like three hours. a small town called Cantiano. Why did you go out there? I just wanted a break and I thought, and I, I loved it. I'm Italian heritage. I love uh, so I, Did you learn to speak Italian? I, I already spoke Italian when I got there. So, but like I improved it immensely because one of the guys, Gennaro, he barely spoke any Italian. He was from Napoli and like, he didn't, he didn't speak a wink of English, so we were just like going back and forth about things. And I would just do the typical farmhand type things like clean out horse stalls and stuff and like, you know, prepare for winter and, 
Um, and they let you live there for free. Yeah, yeah. It's called a workaway, workaway.info. And there's this site that you can trade uh, service for room and board. So it's like I worked like four hours a day and then I just read or I crossfitted. I like, I did crop fit. Like I literally like, dragged pallets behind me with like a rope. First workout. Sometimes I did like sled, sled drags or pools. And or you did this for two months. Went run. Uh, what is it called? Workaway.net? Dot info. Dot info. And you could do this anywhere in the world. Like you oh. could, you could even register your own gym, your own gym here and be like, if somebody wants to like come work here, like from like France and you know, oh. we'll give you room and board and so, you work for free, but we'll, we'll like give yeah. you like two meals a day and a place to sleep. And then you have the rest of the time you work like four hours a day and the rest of the time is for you. So you're telling me that we can get free labor here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's how I did it. And it's a great opportunity to be able to see someplace else, clear your head. And I'd saved up a lot of money at the time. So I, I was like, okay, you know, we can, we can do this. Let's, let's take a sabbatical. Let's reset mentally. Let's focus on what I want the next 20 years of my life to look like. Let's not just jump on another campaign, which is, I had offers to go do that for, um, you know, other, other candidates. And I was like, eh, you know, I need to make a hard decision about yeah. what I want to do. And I wanted to start a company. And that's what I, this, that's what I came home deciding. I was like, I'm going to figure it all out. So, Hey mom and dad, I'm going to sleep in your pool house from now on on the floor. Um, Thanks for having me for the next two years. And I did live with them for about two years. Literally. Now you moved out. And I just moved out in like uh, July 9th. Huh. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> you heard a little bit about Morning Chalk. met Justin. And uh, if you guys want to go check out his website, go give it a, give it a, give it a shot. Anywhere else they can find uh, Morning Chalk? Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we post uh, Facebook. We post the best of the day. You know, great content. So if, you're, if that's how you like to consume media. We'll be posting stuff there every day, so you can check us out. Um, Facebook.com slash Morning Chalk Up, or Instagram is at Morning Chalk Up. All right. Have a good day, guys. Let's keep trying to raise the bar.